0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. Thank you for logging in to thank you for your surfers. I am Thaddeus Preston, AKA Nick Wade joining me as always is my brother from another mother on the west coast, left coast, Gary Guthrie, how are you doing man?
1: I'm ready for this year to be over.
0: You and one point, how many people are in the world? Like 7 billion people agree. (laughs) Um, Every
1: single one of them.
0: God bless us. This is uh, our rants about the tech topics from a liberty perspective. This and other podcasts are brought to you by the MLG ne- MLGA Network of podcasts. Sorry, I'm a little out of practice, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into some topics. Uh, first and foremost, the one thing we have learned from this year, particularly because Gary lives in the epicenter of, um, I guess, the people who are losing out the most during this pandemic. Not that California won't come back in the future, but right now um, it's not cool to be from California to the point where, like, if you have a established Silicon Valley company, you are all an ass. So it's been up quite an exodus over the last uh, six months, um, really over the last five years, if you be, to be honest. So Oracle is heading to Texas. Elon Musk mm-hmm. is moving his moving himself to Texas to be closer to the Tesla Gigafactory in Austin, as well as uh, SpaceX and Boca Chica or Boca Chica. And Boca then Ch- you have uh, HP Enterprise Solutions moving to Houston. Um, and then, of course, you can just go back to stories as far back as 2018, where you have Apple expanding this campus in, uh, in uh, Austin itself. Um, Austin is already home to industry leaders like, AM, you know, like AMD, AMD, Dell you have um, um, you know components of analog devices you have NXI I think it makes chips Intel has been there for a very long time you have University of Texas you have Amazon that is there so this this has been kind of a long time coming and it isn't just silicon valley uh, well it isn't just Texas that's being a major recipient of a lot of these companies just kind of you know leaving um palantir earlier this year decided to relocate from palo alto to denver Um, palantir is the data analytics company that does has lots of government contracts it's basically using you know a statistical analytical engine to make it easier for people who look at lards like uh, uh, corpuses of data to make decisions so as of november at least according to the article I read, or uh, I guess according to the uh, Austin Chamber of Commerce, 39 companies in tech and other industries have really relocated to Austin so far this year. um You know, why are they leaving the Bay Area? um Well, they're leaving the Bay Area most importantly because labor's gotten extremely expensive, particularly in these high tech industries. It's also increasingly way more expensive because of the um, high salaries in the bay area. Um it's just expensive to hire people and people are having a hard time you know, adjusting adjusting to the very decreased standard of living while making almost $200,000 a year. Um yeah. so and that's a real thing. And mm-hmm. I I and then of course um, San Francisco has never really over the last over this COVID-19 uh, pandemic has never really opened back up. There were already people complaining about the feces, the drug use, being accosted by the mentally ill homeless, um, it was getting increasingly expensive. There was this ba- there was this tech backlash that was go- had been going on for since I was you know using that place as a stomping grounds in 2010, 2011. So the Bay Area had started falling out of love with tech long ago, and they blamed tech for the skyrocketing prices and the cost of living and. Um, you know and wrapped up in that is being able to live um, and making you know income inequality worse the dirty little secret about this whole thing is like the people who are getting paid to the most to live in an area that has become increasingly more expensive because there is a land someone explained it to me in an article landed gentry that doesn't want to build anything new because if you look at the physical area of san francisco like particularly the peninsula it's it's very large, actually. The the eight by well, eight is actually very tiny, but the peninsula in and of itself is actually very large. But okay. they don't they they have they they can't build, and they won't build. So that causes that to skyrocket. And then you have the fact that like California is a very high tax state. San Francisco is also a very high tax city. It's a beautiful city. It's a nice place to live. But if you don't have the money necessary, it's not are you going to really enjoy the amenities? That was one reason to even stay there but now nothing's open. You can work from home. There's nothing to do. Why not just move to the East Bay or the hell out of the state as a whole? That's what a lot of people are doing.
1: Yeah. I think culturally we're seeing a lot of people who are kind of over the whole being enamored with California. Yeah. And the whole mystique or the, whatever you want to call it there. There's kind of a, always been a uh a a thing about california in general which to me doesn't really make much sense because i mean as you know southern california northern california like real northern california they're they're different places they're completely different culturally they're completely different
0: yes they are geographically Right between northern, position. southern, and central California, it's two. It's three different, three different states.
1: At, at least three. I mean, I, you know, I back quite a while back. I mean, there was a movement to split us up into six states, and looking at how they were kind of looking at divvying that up actually made a lot of sense to me, because there is very little that I have in common where I am and how I live with someone who lives in Fresno, a farming town.
0: Right. yeah yeah this is true and <laughs> so, yeah For those who don't understand that dynamic i mean if you because yeah you if you visit california and you don't and you stay to the areas where traditionally people go in california yeah you, you don't see that dichotomy by going really 50 50 miles inland and they're like oh crap this is like you know like for instance the central valley reminds me a lot of where i live mm-hmm. um yeah. you know kind of semi-arid but also like you know, vast sloths of farming community. Um, right. you know, Spanish is heavily spoken, you know, God's still a thing. Catholic Catholicism still reigns. Um mm. and, 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 exactly. and yeah, it's just a completely different world than like if you go to like on the other side of Aldemont Pass and you're in the Livermore Valley. Those are just right. your uppity upper class folks or people who are who afford to live in that part of the Bay Area and who work in the valley or downtown san francisco or even berkeley if they're lucky and, and it yeah. just becomes this the closer you get to the coast the more kind of disconnected it becomes i can agree with that yeah yeah
1: but yeah i think i think overall though this general kind of mystique about california has it's it's eroded quite yeah. a bit um and i think you know a lot of the exodus that's going on and we're and we're seeing backlash against it right like people are afraid that all these californians are going to come in and make things like california
0: is yeah there, there, there's a backlash the well yeah, you, you in texas in particular we pray it's not the case here in new mexico i mean we're about as we're about as culturally left as you can possibly be in the big cities it, it could only make things better at our from our level and it's not only a backlash against people going coming from california going to these states even though they're going to bring much more uh, progressive thinking better you know better economics more opportunities to even the natives are there they're getting the backlash on the back end for even leaving california oh yeah this is a thing you can't win you're right the the people who are complaining and yelling at these folks for leaving california are saying that leaving california is uh, immoral i was like wait because they because here's the deal the progressive mindset is like it's not yours like you know, your fruits you, of your labor are not yours
1: you owe yourself to the state and yeah this is where you belong and how dare you
0: leave yeah, yeah. but i mean you know if your government you know is in the board of supervisors particularly in the in the in the, in the in the in the and it ain't just san francisco it's actually this has been across the bay area i've read many treatises about why the cost of living is dumb why the valley is kind of this echo chamber even back in the day when i kind of co-signed some of the woman the women in tech kind of critiques of the valley um now mm-hmm. i don't care i'm just a grumpy old uh, misogynist that says shut up and go to work right um but even back then like i mean it was an ethos <clears throat> that I that attracted a certain type of individual. It would have probably attracted me as a young man. It would have probably have attracted you as a young man, Um, you know, going to these areas, just, you know, the new gold rush. Um, Mm -hmm. But the people who have have kind of taken that for granted, Um, now granted, it's still the king of startups, right? I mean, according to uh, uh, Crunchbase, like, you know, in the third quarter, I mean, you know, they still accounted for like $10.3 billion in deal flow. So I mean, it's still a remarkable place to start a technology company, but I think what we're starting to learn, and, and funny, right? Remember when we talked about the rise and fall and demise of WeWork? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that WeWork is 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 it could have made a comeback during this time, but with its inventory spread across the country and increasingly large businesses and startups being remote and needing co-lab spaces at least maybe once or twice a week as they work from their respective home offices this is this is the way it's worked no longer i mean unless you're the big companies no longer you're going to have these massive huge campuses like facebook had one planned google had one planned um i don't i think facebook intends on still going through with this massive company city that it's building but that's that's over but see the technological advances we've gotten this year in the ability of more compute to come online, more network infrastructure to come online. We now can handle Zoom meetings, team meetings, Slack meetings, Microsoft team meetings. Um, we can do what we're doing now, we're doing StreamYard. There, there's no need to have massive office space, period. Right. And there's no need, even if you believe that the serendipity of being in a valley is still very, very important because of the high concentration of not only high net worth individuals, high performing yeah. individuals, and stuff like that. You can still get smart. There's, I know, I know, smart. Go to any, go to any town where there's a substantial military base presence, and you can find just the smarter people. There may not be in as large a number. Like, they're, yeah, are probably more programmers here than any other place in the, you know, outside of, you know outside of new mexico for the most part and even i mean our for our region right the only place that might have us beat is denver um because we have large military contracts and large department of energy contracts out here and you know 10 even like even a 10 percent population that knows like code right if that's a big thing or engineering efforts that's anywhere and i think they're noticing that it actually drives down yeah. labor costs going forward.
1: Oh well, we we saw that what uh, four or five years ago, I want to say there was a big move for just. I mean, if you look at something like call center work, right? Call center work we're moving to the Midwest or to the uh, the northern Midwest,
0: right, and away from overseas. Correct. That's, that, yeah, that you didn't hear about that much between mm-hmm. between automation and the fact that like you get more bang for your buck when it comes to cast customer satisfaction by onshoring a lot of those activities.
1: 100% and you can do it cheaply in the heart of Minnesota or wherever you know
0: Oh yeah you can yeah you can do that yeah any anywhere where there's good language good English language language speakers, Um, a a decent, you know, a a young enough and a decent enough workforce that's, you know, doesn't have to be highly educated, but somewhat educated and Mm -hmm. just pure machine learning automation that happens with a lot of these call centers in general. You add that fact that now we have the network infrastructure where the call center doesn't necessarily have to be a massive building in a uh, industrial park. It can just be 7,000 employees scattered across the metro area of a small Midwest city. And, and, you, and you've and you got essentially what you need. Um, I no, know my it, wife. It,
1: it, it brings up though, you know, a, a lot of problems with this whole, and you see it a lot in New York, like in the compacted states. I, I'm sure you saw one of the articles that was there uh, within the last week about um, residence income tax versus the state of work income tax. And, and the double taxation that goes on a lot of the times with that
0: but so, no no but notice that typically that typically that's that's just and as we will discuss for what we learn from 2020 a lot of it is just the regulatory structure doesn't catch up to the agileness of right. whatever and typically if i'm not mistaken it's mostly these people going from very uh liberal and progressively like taxed and or regulated states to relatively conservatively uh, governed states and you know the the greedy blue state is just playing the arbitrage and just double taxing uh, or 100%. collecting taxes still while you've moved to you know colorado right. or texas um right you know and we'll yeah we'll discuss that later but yeah i mean that doesn't shock me at all that they mm-hmm. that, that people are getting screwed even the people who are taking pay cuts to lead you know, to this work some from somewhere else, but still maintaining employment at a big Bay Area tech firm, I mean, yeah, you know, that's a thing, right? Like, I mean, it depends on the nature of the drop. Like, if the nature of the drop is greater than twenty percent, then yeah, I'll just I'll suck it up and stay in the Bay Area. But if it's not going to be twenty percent, or you know, uh, you know, if it'll be if it's twenty percent or less, I'm moving somewhere where I can get a yard. I'm moving somewhere where I yeah. can like you know eat. You, you, know, you know, I can eat yeah. in a restaurant or something like that. And right. um. Until recently, that was Colorado, but then Colorado went crazy, back Guano crazy, just like we did down here in New Mexico. I don't know what the hell's going on yeah, there. Yeah,
1: you know what? We we've uh, we're nuts over here, but uh, <laughs> you know, Saturday or yeah, Saturday, my wife and I rode our bikes down to the. To the
0: I'm you.
1: not gonna I'm not gonna say where we rode our bikes down to, and ate in a restaurant, full service, with glassware for our beers.
0: Um, <laughs> uh really? <laughs> yeah, last
1: not, a, oh, class, not dare a stupid. You, you are murdering cup.
0: grandma, you rat bastard.
1: By the way, you know what what the hell is the deal? And I don't mean to get way off topic
0: here. Nah, man, whatever, man. You're you're in show, man. Let it go.
1: <laughs> we're, so we're gonna make everything to go. All of this is not science based, by the way, because it doesn't make sense. But Mm-hmm. We're going to make these regulations or mandates that say you can only serve food to go in disposable containers, uh, in plastic cups. You don't have to ask permission to uh, get a straw anymore. You can just get a straw in your drink.
0: And lo- let me interject here. Here here in like the city of Albuquerque, there was the plastic bag ban that went in this year.
1: Oh, God.
0: That went away that. as a res- yeah. That went away as a result of this. Just like your straw thing went away as a result of this. It's
1: like it makes you wonder, like how much of this stuff is really about environment? How much of this stuff is really about saving the planet? And, and I guarantee <laughs> it's nothing. The fact that we can just turn our backs on it real quick and say, "Oh, okay, well, it's not that important," even though we don't even have science to prove that we need to back this
0: out. Oh, yeah, it was never it, that important. A B, as it's your true. resident climate denier, climate change denier, I can tell you that the way to deal with climate change is an engineering problem. It's not a social engineering problem. Because if you really care about curbing CO2 and greenhouse gases, that's an efficiency issue. You know, That's an engineering problem. That's not a social
1: engineering
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> right. Um, because here, yeah, here at Thank You For Your Servers, while while I am a client climate change denier, I do understand the need of stewardship. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, um, well greenhouse because emissions you... because it's inefficient. It, it, that basically is a, a – a, the greenhouse emissions are a symptom of inefficiency. What it is. That
1: is, this is because you believe in a little thing we like to call personal responsibility.
0: Oh. We, we, I promise not to drag our politics into uh, this too much, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the short answer is yes um and yeah like it's funny there were just to kind of get off i guess on another tangent like there are technological solutions to the crisis we find ourselves in which is self-imposed at this point in the year is pretty self-imposed um mm-hmm. i i i introduce you to uh, rapidtests.org. And yeah, I would w- w-
1: angry about that. Yeah.
0: It, look, um, all you have to do is just when you get to rapid tests.org and go and click on the manufacturers tab, Uh, you will see that there are literally, I don't even know the number. Let's just say a cool 50 companies. There's a lot. And I'm large. looking at
1: it right now. There's a lot.
0: You, so that have specimen collection, you know, whatever. And if you look. At the regulatory status, all in development. Every
1: one of them's development. Except
0: for for the ones that actually have emergency use authorization. But those, you need prescriptions for. (laughs) So, you could have, the fact that we don't have, this is the thing that upsets me the most. And I'm not even going to wade into the vaccine thing. i think honestly the argument is the arguments are silly but let's just move into the fact that like why do we not have these paper strip tests swab tests saliva tests lining the store shelves at cvs and walgreens or ralph's or i don't know whatever guys whatever you guys have out west why oh,
1: we got cvs
0: Okay, you have Yeah, Rite out there. Aid, Ralph. Yeah, Rite Aid. Yes, Rite Aid. Rite Aid is what I have back. Uh, is what I remember back east. Um, out here is just kind of CPS and Walgreens right across the street from each other, which is weird.
1: Yeah, but, we got that
0: too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of strange. But like, this stuff exists. Uh Are they? Can...
1: Are they? Okay. Here's I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here.
0: Oh, I love when even Gary, the most the most cultured and or mal mannered among us actually goes full Alex Jones. Go I'm
1: going full. I'm going full tin foil hat here. They're they're keeping this tests off the shelves because they're afraid it'll paint a picture that is inconsistent with their narrative.
0: Boom. I have nothing to add to that <laughs> <laughs> because you get no disagreement from me. and and and, and it's like it's funny. From a tech angle, from a market angle, we had when it was cool to wear masks, we had masks out of our out of our asses. When it was like rapid tests came online like back in April. Um, you know, and, and it's only the list only grows. We have a vaccine in record time. Two vaccines. Oh I'm sorry, two vaccines, and there's one more from AstraZeneca and um and um Oxford. That's got a, got a authorization or is, is moving toward authorization in the UK. Then you have, you know, love them or hate them. The, the Chinese have a couple of vaccines. You have the Russians who have a couple of vaccines.
1: You're like, oh, I'm this, all on board. I'm on well, board yeah. with the Chinese vaccine.
0: Right? Uh, I, well, you actually, that, actually, up. it would make more sense <laughs> to get the Chinese vaccine than it would be the Russian vaccine. But that's just me, right? Being that you know, ultimately, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of their fault. It's not. No, you're, it's, you're, it's, you're, it wasn't us. It's them. But I mean, I get this. I, I yeah, get but you're that immune that's
1: kinda, already. So
0: this is true. I do have um, <laughs> I do have a first level immunity for the next couple of months. I have T cell immunity forever. Um, yeah. And so Man. and this is the one thing like you get real smart on immunology and urology. And it's just and then you look at the news and it's just like, dude, calm down. And then you look at the things like, oh man, it's mutated, so it's it's even more. No, no, actually, it's histor- historically, when viruses mutate, they act- they do become more contagious, but they become less deadly. There's right. just that's just been the norm, right? Yeah, yeah, every once in a while, one mutates and becomes more deadly and murders people. Um, I mean, dirty little secret about HIV: HIV has actually become less deadly as it's mutated. Mm-hmm. That's you don't you don't hear that, right? Because you know, HIV means AIDS, AIDS means death. Um. Notice that that's not true anymore. Um yep. You know, bacterial infections can still get you. Um. Why don't we have like the you know the equivalent of Tamiflu or Theraflu sitting on the shelves for COVID? I mean, I, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get I don't get any of this. We we knew how to attack this virus in the summer from a um from a molecular level to a biological level. We we knew how. All right, this is how we do it. You know, UV, hydroxychloroquine, steroids, Mm -hmm. vitamin D in high doses, vitamin C in high doses, hydroxychloroquine with high doses of zinc. I mean, don't forget, don't forget bleach. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ingesting bleach if that's what you need to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Actually, it was injecting bleach, right? It was. Uh, was First of all, it wasn't true. But second of all, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: I, yes. yes, I'm making fun. I'm having so, a good
0: time. I think I th- it was just so. It was just so silly the whole day. And I'm like, but it's funny. AI went to work. Machine learning went to work uh, in silico. In, in silico development of drugs went to work, and it did. But it was prom- It had promised us it could, It could do twenty years ago because we had the computational knowledge and a little bit more knowledge of how cellular biology works. Um, it was amazing. I mean if we all we have to do is look back at the things that have from a technological standpoint that we we've, we've, we've done well this year. Like COVID-19 is this, it, when it comes to like battling it and the vaccine and stuff like, that's a success despite how we've, we've overreacted. That is a success. That is the power of computational medicine. That is yeah. the power of tech. You know other things that went under the fold it was like AlphaFold, fold too. You know how hard and how many stories I have read over the last 20 years about protonomics and, you know, you we explained, right? Because we, we did a story about alphafold last time we got together. This is this is phenomenal. This you don't know what this do you understand what this enables over the next 10 to 15 years when it comes to, you know, development of not only just vaccines but therapeutics. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And we're sitting here like, you know, arguing over whether or not like, you know, MR, should I take the mRNA vaccine? Well, if you've had it, no. You shouldn't really take any vaccines if you've had this. And, and if you're paranoid enough, then take it. You, trust me, guy. It, it's statistically, you're not going to get – it's not going to hurt you. Yes, you may get right. sick, guys. <laughs> that's, that's that's what inoculations typically do. Um, then you have GPT-3, which people don't tend to understand that like this – If you can make an AI write code, source code. If you can make mm-hmm. an AI write long soliloquies about any subject and, you know, eventually start rambling nonsense, but to truly write things that are relatively coherent, that that moves us a little closer. DeepMind also came up with MuZero, which basically is an AI that just learns from without knowledge. Like, it just says, like, all right, go play Atari games. And it just figures out how to play the Atari games. It doesn't need any pre-training. It just trains itself by going in and what humans do: uh, play to fail and figure out. In, in, trial and tr- error. Trial and error. That's your- that's really what a lot of these systems are. Um, right. And and so yeah, like and then you have SpaceX, who are going to take us off this terrible planet, and then you have Starlink, which has gone live in northern on the northern, hem- northern part of, the, of this hemisphere particularly uh north of us way north of us actually but i've been i've been looking at guys giving testimonials about decent speeds you know 50 60 megs like not having to go all the way into town to upload a video or do work um being able to just kind of sit where they are and like you know having minimum downtime and like being able to like stream netflix for the first time in like you know Three years since they moved to the middle of nowhere,
1: and honestly, probably in better shape than we are in some ways because there's not this massive city infrastructure that has to be navigated to put this stuff in place. Yeah, you put a dish on your ceiling or your roof, and Mm
0: -hmm. you, yeah, and
1: you're done.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's going to be more of these things happening, and this is kind of the 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 part that upsets me, right? I mean, these constellations. If I guess we can move the topic forward, the constellations are just getting bigger. OneWeb mm-hmm. is is stepped it into the game, you know. Amazon is ready to step, you know, is you know ready to start, you know, launching probably next year. It's constellation, mm-hmm. you know, and actually they're, you know, I kind of like their. I figured like the Starlink antenna was more phased array, but it's not. It doesn't have as many phased array elements as I guess this this Kepler um, satellite dish from Amazon will have. Um, true phased array is just like you plop it somewhere and like it just it looks for the beam. As opposed mm-hmm. to you having to actually physically follow the beam. Um, gotcha. This, this is a you know this is this is significant, guys. Even one web that was like bankrupt last year, like there, I mean, there's somebody still throwing enough money at that. We're just like, well, we're gonna start throwing up satellites too.
1: Well, astronomy de- be damned.
0: Well, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's funny too. It's it, it's <laughs> ironic you talk about that, right? Like we were dri- we went on a drive, and we took a detour, and we saw the very large array again after taking a very harrowing detour and yeah and like you know yeah that kind of sucks you know the very large array is actually very impressive it's very impressive particularly because of where it sits and because you literally have to turn your head and do like a 360 because sometimes it's just it's a massive it's so this massive amount of dishes spread across a massive area um on tracks to and, and you know they can reconfigure them to look at particular areas of the sky and you know look at look at certain things but yeah, like that's eh, going to suck because that does the, all these satellites being up there definitely raises the noise floor. So it makes it, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're sitting in the middle of the, you know, New Mexico desert looking up. Right. I mean, when all these satellites get in the constellation, you're just you're constantly dealing with the noise of them buzzing by. Yeah, um, that's going to yep. suck a little bit. But look, th- there's there's greater things that need to happen. And all that means is you just need to get these con- you just need to get these uh these configurations to the dark side of the moon or in orbit. If you really want to start looking at things deep into, the, actually, oh, they're already
1: if, if, talking. They're they're talking about replacing that Arecibo dish. I hope with they something do on the dark side of the moon.
0: Yeah, dude. That, I hope they do. That's that is really sad to like see that go. Um, that and was. Fall into did you see,
1: You saw the video of? Yeah, it, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. We. Uh, I think you showed right? me that video, and I'm just like, dude, that's oh, actually kind of sad.
1: It was heartbreaking. It really was. And, and it's
0: funny. And all then, of, it, it, and we already made the kind of. Well, we didn't make a prediction, but we just kind of, you know, speculated like, well, it's perfect to take knock down one of our larger uh, antenna arrays because the aliens are obviously coming. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're going to get us.
0: The message. That, that, now, that was a message coming from Alpha Centauri, bro. That wasn't just like, oh, you know, clearly, that wasn't just clearly. like, you know, that wasn't just uh, what do they call those things? Rapid um, oh, oh um, radio bursts. Rapid radio mm-hmm. bursts and stuff like that. No, no. That was oh, actually, they knew we that were, was actually they telling we were us like, yo, to them. we coming, t- we coming for your ass. That's what that means. That's <laughs> hey, what that we, communication we means. <laughs> you guys are screwing it all in up. Peace.
1: We coming for a piece.
0: Of yeah, ass. yeah, definitely. We yeah, we coming a for a piece of that ass. We ain't coming for no, We ain't coming in peace. We talking about.
1: Speaking of satellites, though, did you see the the the, the Japanese are now engineering wooden satellites? No. They are engineering wooden satellites, and the whole theory is they want them to be able to burn up much more, better, and complete when they re enter the atmosphere.
0: Yeah. Something this is, to look
1: into. That pretty is something crazy to crazy stuff.
0: The only thing I've really been kind of, well, one, Japan actually did pretty well during the COVID by not um, subjugating its people completely. And also, they have the culture of actually kind of being like, all right, well, you know, the government says we stay home a little bit, so we'll stay home a little bit. You know, everyone kind of did whatever, but they never really closed anything hardcore in Japan. But they also retrieved, they retrieved some rock from. um, They went out uh, from an asteroid, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And I'm I'm anxious to see what that composition is because imagine if that composition is things like you know, iron ore, gold, silver the gold rush that would happen people just launching stuff up it's (laughs) like yeah we got to get one of those and dragging one close to orbit and then oh oh, oops we lose control it slams in and creates an extinction level event on the planet good times it could i mean 2020 has made me this cynical guys (laughs) it's made me this cynical (laughs) so i'm sorry (laughs) but no i mean funny right and in february um, the three nation race to Mars. There's going to be three new um rovers on Mars, one from yep. the UAE, one from China, and one from us. And they all kind of get. It's funny they all kind of get to Mars around you know February, March. So they all we all, almost like everyone kind of arrives at the same time. And so mm-hmm. that's going to be pretty cool. And um despite the fact that um so here's the deal. So I started out you know this this podcast series particularly last year not being a sinophobe. I'm still not a sinophobe. Okay. I just don't trust them MFers. That's 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 just me now, right? I mean, this the one thing that is shaking my confidence in China is not its people; it's its government, and um, and so that's that's kind of what gives gives me pause, right? It, it's it's funny because it's creating all these global alliances and trade disputes and um, embargoes and sanctions. That is very reminiscent of like Smoot-Holly. And um, you, you have you read that like the comp- there's Chinese companies pulling out of India. Um, Indian in Indian companies of uh, India has adopted a kind of a hardline approach. The Australians are definitely like doing a hardline approach. The Trump administration, on its way out, is is doing a hardline approach. And for those people who are sitting in the Chinese Communist Party like Jack Ma, who, you know, even, you know, he, you know, he's going to, br- he was going to bring the largest online financial company in history to, to public markets. Ant financial is like amazing and huge. He basically said he threw some shade at the Chinese financial regulators. They canceled his IPO. They going after Alibaba. He might get stripped of his party membership. look, one, you know, China at the beginning of the year started out as being like, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't I still I don't really trust them, but it's like the the way we've been overreacting kind of is very reminiscent of Russia, Russia, Russia. We get yeah. to the end of the year. I don't trust them, man.
1: You know, but you know what you're saying is true of anywhere you go in any country in any place in this world is, you know, the people are not your enemy. They never are. You
0: know? They're creating, the, they're trying to create the the environment so that like every Chinese person that like works for your company and or like, or goes to your university is a potential CCP spy. That's oh, yeah. dang, that's dangerous. Like some of them, oh, look, I'm not saying some of them aren't. I'm just saying you can't just broad brush paint them. That's like these dudes, that, that's like these people who are yelling at Asian people like in January, in February and March in April because you know, the virus came from China.
1: It's
0: kind of ignorant, right?
1: But it is, it, no, it's ignorant. <laughs> I, I right? mean, this is, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, this is something that governments do and they have done in all of the history of mankind is they hide behind their people. Right. Yeah. Because th- there's this false equivalence between the government of a people and the people themselves. And and they know it and they portray it, you know. So when, when, when we say China, the governments want us to believe it's one and the same. Right. You know, when we say Panama, they want us to believe it's one and the same. When we Correct. say Ecuador, they want us to believe say it's one or, and the same. And it never is. Or Russia. Is. Or this.
0: Or, that. or yeah. Russia. Or
1: anything. I guarantee you, you go to Russia right now, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to meet some of the greatest people you've ever met in the world yes and they're fantastic and then they will say the same thing about their government that you're saying about their government yeah. like, oh, <laughs> exactly
0: <it's true." laughs> but they but you they're know, proud to be russian they're proud to be chinese they're proud to be indian they're proud to be this i think yeah but governments not, play off that so badly that well, oh, like, of course they to do the detriment that's patri- of, yeah
1: that's what patriotism is all about
0: right yeah yeah patriotism yeah. Yeah. proud to be an american america where yeah, yeah. <laughs> f yeah, but no, nah, and, and but I, I, but over the course of the year, it's definitely shaken my faith. Um, in like, the, yeah. and, and 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 because they've shaken the faith of even me, who looked at all this crap in the beginning as xenophobia, and it was unnecessary. I mean, I'm still not a big fan of this TikTok nonsense. That was just a government shakedown. That was just some gangsterism at the at the highest level. Yeah, um, totally. I, I, I don't. You know, I. There, there are people over there who have been um, tech leaders that are, you know, disappearing. <laughs> you know? Right. And so, yeah. I, yeah. It, it, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely afraid. I'm definitely afraid of how we're now politicizing and, you know, engaging in cold war, like, you know, effery when it comes to AI and machine learning and 5g and all this other nonsense. Cause I, I don't think we move forward. If we have that mistrust of really we need Chinese we need China. China needs us. And generally speaking, we need all nations of the world. To like, you know, we're this pandemic has taught us, right, that like we have failures in our infrastructure. We we have failures when it comes to food production. We have failures in a lot of things. And a lot of our cultures have ways to contribute to getting us ready for the next pandemic with, if it comes to supply chain stuff, if it comes to digital currency stuff, if it comes to technological innovation, mm-hmm. cloud computing, yeah. 5G communication, you know, mass global communication. The only thing I don't like is, I've grown increasingly frightened of the Chinese government. I think we've pushed them into a corner and I think they're, they're, they, are, they have ceased to be malevolent. Um, and this year has been definitely that. And here's the deal: they've lived up to the role of villain. I mean, it isn't yeah. like you know, even though they kind of spread you know their propaganda across all social media that ah, oh, the CCP is really not that bad. No, man, it's that bad. And like, they're unapologetically that bad. And someone who sits in China is like, yeah, the CCP kind of can kind of suck sometimes. And this, you know, this regulatory body, whatever. And then you go after the dude, or you lock some dude up, or dudes dudes end up pregnant. You know, they locked up the uh, the one nurse and or doctor that like came came to the fore on like WeChat or something and said like, "Yo, this like this virus thing is really happening. It's killing a lot of people." She's in. She's about to go to jail. She's about to be sentenced. Yeah,
1: well, and that's. And, I mean, that's China. And, and so that's
0: that's the thing. They've, <laughs> they've they they played they they played the role of the villain. But at the same time, if you look at China as a whole, if you look at the Chinese tech sector as a whole. They've done some pretty miraculous things this year, if you were to believe it. Now, see, that's the thing. Now I have to add the caveat if you to believe it. They've basically they're mm. a year from a day from demonstrating the same thing Google demonstrated when it came to quantum supremacy. Except Google's quantum supremacy experiment was superconducting you know, qubits; theirs were optical qubits, and and you know they used this uh, what is called a boson sampling method to do it. And and like we're we're making. It's progress. They're building reactors. They're building fission, fusion reactors, and, and, and they're doing science and stuff. And we can't collaborate. It's going, to be much, it's going to be much, much more difficult in the future to collaborate with them because their government kind of sucks, um, and our government hasn't helped matters. But I believe it was more of a reaction to the fact that their government really does suck, and it makes us, it makes us very pensive to try to do business, even though we should. That that is, a, that is a large market. Now granted, the government makes it very hard to penetrate that market. Um, but that's a large market. That's a lot of brain power that we could turn against you know, turn to that we could bind together to build the things we need, to get out of get off this rock to solve climate change if that's your freaking call and Or to, you <laughs> know, defend us against the aliens that are obviously gonna come and kill us. So I mean, come on. Clearly. Bring us together. I think,
1: you know, what it, 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 it is very interesting to see your shift over the course of this last year to take this position that you're taking now. And, and It's a
0: nuanced position that basically is sort of the status quo position, which is like, I don't really trust that. I don't really trust them. Man, I just,
1: I right. Well, you know, what, yeah, <laughs> to build to build on that, I really don't trust. Anybody.
0: Oh, I don't trust our government so I mean you know, look at what they did like they, what look what they did the TikTok, man oh I mean look what they did to TikTok, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, what they did, to, you know, look what they did the ZTE we can't get Huawei phones um it should mm-hmm. be your choice if you want the CCP to spy on you other than that just buy a Huawei phone it's actually actually <laughs> not bad phones they're not bad phones they're great phones actually they're I wish phones. I could they
1: just the, the Chinese government knows everything you,
0: you know everything about you <laughs> no and it's funny like you even start to see that mistrust in, you know, my uh, my my father's home country of Nigeria. Like there is actually much distrust, um, even though, from a technological standpoint, they've caught up to us probably cellular phone wise and stuff like that over the last decade and stuff because of they've been able to buy really cheap Chinese equipment to like build out their infrastructure to LTE and HSPA plus networks and stuff like that like the from from when i went in 2010 to when i went in 2015 it was like it was it's like remember the first iphone and then remember like the iphone x plus that's literally what Mm -hmm. that's literally what the leap was and 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 and, you know and it's not that you know their type of mercantilism and like colonialism you know i kind of i can kind of co-sign with it right they just buy assets and build infrastructure and invest in infrastructure something we should have been doing really for the past 20 30 years
1: do you so to 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 take the next kind of logical step in thinking then taking distrust to the next level do you believe that China is actively or could be actively exploiting these opportunities to build third world uh markets out to expand their control
0: you'd be stupid not to <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's a that's, simple uh-huh, answer yeah. you'd be stupid not to why do you here's the yep. deal we we in the west just hide behind the imf and world bank it's the same thing mm. right yep. um yeah and and honestly though but we've been very bad about this where the chinese even though they're pretty you know there may there might be sinister motives i've seen the proofs the proofs going to africa It's just go to africa and look at the technological infrastructure upgrades that have happened over the last twenty-five years.
1: Africa's the new China.
0: Africa's more the new Middle East. As the okay. IE, it's time to exploit it. Um, okay. And, and, and that's and that's generally because here's the deal. Secretly, well the, well, the Europeans have always been there because they, you know, they were masters of the continent <laughs> for a long time. Another, the other people who are there are the Indians. We like like they, we don't talk about that either, and like it's just. Yeah, it's a, it's a great continent to invest in. I mean, there's some cultural things that need to happen. There's some, there's some things that will happen as they more modernize. And this is, this is, this is why I, I'm thinking like, yeah, we could have a continent like Africa leapfrog us. Or at the very least come up to snuff with us within a generation if there are massive amounts of satellites in orbit that can beam internet. There's 5G all across the continent. Uh, Google Loon is expanded outside of Kenya and goes to other parts of the of, of sub-Saharan Africa. It's all there. Their ability to
1: Do you think do you think the United States has a play there?
0: No. It's all anti-terrorism. It's all anti-terrorism. It's not it's not mm. look it's not looking at it as an investment opportunity. And like the true gateways into Africa are like Ghana, Nigeria. Angola. And we don't we don't pay those places hardly any attention, other than no. anti-terrorism stuff. Right. Even though we right. have more of a kinship connection between you know Ghanans and Liberians and Nigerians all across Europe, particularly UK and the United States, like a large expat community of Nigerians lives in Houston, lives in DC, lives in Dallas. Alright, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and like <clears throat> Ma, we in we, Atlanta. And we don't take we, we we me i might i can take advantage of it because i know people i might have cousins stuff like that but like as a as a whole as a nation yeah we're not taking advantage of that relationship a relationship for which they look to, they look at us they look up to us to a certain extent right they don't want to they don't want to run to the arms of the of china but china's willing to sell them stuff we weren't willing to sell them drones and stuff to go against boko haram because during the time mm. our state department was just like oh you guys treat lgbt people badly this is like well yeah um, i know but they do the same thing in the middle east and we're selling them weapons so what's, <laughs> what's the difference right, <laughs> right. they're right.
1: throwing them off they're throwing them off buildings
0: though. yeah yeah in the meanwhile like if you're gay in nigeria they're locking you up in prison not really even to hurt you and but to shake you down because they know because it's against the law there and like I understand, you can change hearts and minds better culturally, but you can't just like, well, we could sell you these weapons to fight Boko Haram, which could completely destabilize the largest country in Africa and the largest economy in Africa. We don't like the fact how you treat the gays bad. And it's just like that is two-dimensional <laughs> thinking that makes no sense to me. It's just like we can, we can handle that later. And honey, culturally. It is happening. Well,
1: culturally, culturally, you know, it takes three generations to make any change, you know, and that's just human nature. And to think that you can accelerate that by forcing laws to change or by forcing policies to change, it's not going to happen.
0: Or algorithmically thinking you could do
1: it. You can't do it. It doesn't
0: work. If that has been our mantra. Yeah, it takes
1: time. It takes time. I mean, we're at the at the base layer. I don't care where you go, whether it's Nigeria, China, Japan, United States, we are human beings. Right? And human beings do not change that fast. Yes. And our behaviors do not change that fast. It's simple. And I mean, I I, I I believe it's biblical. If you wanna go there, it's three generations, right? It yeah. It takes no. It takes that time. long to make a change. So, okay, we're going to force a country oh. to accept LGBT? No. <laughs> it doesn't work.
0: It's not going to. And here's the deal, though. They're algorithmically building this into platforms. And this has been the biggest... This is the thing that's hurt me the most. <laughs> not only have we... It's like this. We, we know CCP asshole. But it's almost like our tech elite bolstered by the press and those who have graduated with these these degrees and are building these machine learning systems these models whatever it's almost as if they've adopted the fact that like we can build the technological infrastructure to change we can get rid of misinformation. We can get rid of bullying. We can get rid of this. <laughs> we can get rid of that, and we can algorithmically can notch out and drive it underground. Do. Yes, remember, remember, yeah, what was it? Yeah, last time we got together, it's just like, hey, hey, guys. So apparently, like this, trying to expose people to other views is just kind of radicalizing people. <laughs> it's it's it actually really doing the is. opposite. It's really doing the opposite. It
1: really is. So you this you can't. You can't engineer
0: social. Right. It doesn't work. That doesn't mean that they aren't trying. So apparently, uh, University of Sheffield developed an AI system that can detect which social media users spread disinformation before they actually share it. And the part of this article I read, right, because I love to see their blatantly terrible attempts at trying to algorithmically, like, suss out disinformation suss out hate speech which is in this day and age completely subjective and like they're they're, they're thinking that oh yeah we can keep doing this right so here's here's a here's a quote from the story that like got me to like okay this these people really think there's some there's some priesthood um that uh are uh, of 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 a of a cathedral where they can you know yell at you and burn you if you're a So next, they remove satirical sites such as The Onion that has humorous rather than deceptive purposes to produce a list of 251 trustworthy sources, such as BBC, Reuters, and 159 unreliable sources, which include InfoWars and Disclosed TV. (laughs) Disclosed TV is not misinformation. It's sensational sometimes. This information and who is to decide this information? I actually kind of at replied some um there's an AI researcher and developer. Her name is I want to say her name is like Benda Budai Reddy. Um she runs like a tech um I think she actually worked at a tech firm and stuff, and it still is like a good practitioner, smart woman. Like her bona fides are awesome. Yeah, it's Bindu, it's Bindu ready. And she's just like, oh, yeah, we could build the algorithms to, like, you know, suss out disinformation. And I basically posted a picture of Gary Webb. And for those of you who don't (laughs) know who Gary Webb is, Gary Webb wrote for the San San Jose Mercury. And he uncovered the story of what the Iran-Contra scandal was all about. The Iran-Contra scandal, one 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 of the means of funding the Contras was moving dope into the Western United States massive amounts of dope
1: mm-hmm.
0: tremendous right. amounts of dope in mm-hmm. order to sell that money to uh in order to sell that dope to freeway ricky ross who was the considered the greatest crack dealer in west coast history to the point where even freeway ricky was like yo i can't move as much money i can't move as much drugs as this dude is bringing in and and this money was then being filtered down to the contras to fight the communist insurrection in in um in Central America, but that was crap. That was considered BS. That was considered disinformation. The L.A. Times would subsequently go on a hit job and destroy and discredit Gary Webb by literally taking the C in, in the Washington Post, of course, and literally taking the CIA's answer on no, this guy's talking BS. That's that's wrong. That's disinformation. When Gary Webb finally committed suicide by shooting himself twice in the back of the head the cia then Mm. quietly came out to the african-american community and said yeah yeah there was this rogue operation where we're just yeah we're moving mad drugs we're we're getting brothers Mm. killed moving mad drugs that's what we do and this is like our bad that was (laughs) this information before it it was considered fact Mm. to the point where hollywood made a movie about it so all I have to that—that's why I always say that I don't like the way these people think. This priesthood, that yeah. train and code these algorithms, just like the, just like the, just like the lady, the young lady that got fired from Google because she went on this screed, and now everyone around her is saying, "Well, she got fired from Google because she's a person of color or whatever," or she was she was bringing truth to power about how the people of color are tr- are treated badly in AI. She was a great AI technician uh, practitioner. She probably was. She actually came up with something that was pretty novel, right? And it needed to be done. Um, data sets were kind of culturally biased, particularly the image data sets. Um, she pointed that out. Data sets were improved. Good on her. Someone with a different perspective, a different experience, experience similar to my own, looked at something, did it whatever. But she thought that gave her carte blanche to basically browbeat her company. And her company said, all right, well bye bye Felicia bye Felicia and now everyone's rallying around her she was just fired because for no reason from Google no 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 Google is <laughs> taking a much harder line in the last year and a half They don't need these type of people here they're building they're already building the tools in the way that makes me that makes my skin crawl you can't just completely browbeat them and stuff like that this is but these are the people that exist in that industry. And they frighten me to no end. Because they're overeducated, miseducated, and most importantly, they have no culture they have no cultural understanding or anthropological understanding of human beings. Yeah. None. No context. Yeah. That's what frightens me about it. and, they, and well, they're, they they're continuing to they, the they, build. And
1: the and they're too they're too proud to admit when they don't know something.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um they know that the Hunter Biden thing was Russian disinformation. That is a lie. Yeah, they know that. Um, it's funny. It's funny how now on the right everyone's digging into source code for Dominion voting machines, but I tend to remember Diebold getting their source code dug into in twenty in two thousand and four. You know, because they didn't like the outcome of the election, or. There were even people still talking crap in 2017 about like voting machines might have been tampered with by the Russians. (laughs) This is BS, which leads me to the hack of the century. So, those, oh, dude, this one is
1: this is huge.
0: So this is the one that raised my ire, right? I typically don't give a damn about hacks. Because I think they're just—it's just known—it's a huge business opportunity if you can get into cloud security, but um, Mm -hmm. but I don't really care about them. I mean, because they're they're going to happen as you more as you network more devices, there is a potential for them to be compromised. It just exists. So when I kept seeing this mantra in the tech press that it was Russia, 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 I'm like, no, it's kind of one of those things. It's kind of like I've come to accept the fact that. Assad didn't gas his people when he when he launched a chemical weapons attack against his people. I don't. I was like, I don't, I don't think, as Assad was fighting for his life and survival, that he he was launching chemical weapons nil, willy nilly at his people. He might have launched them at his enemies, but I don't think he was launching them. But same thing here. When I kept hearing this mantra about Russia, 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 when this when we're talking we're talking about the solar winds, um, Orion hack, I was just like, there's something wrong with this. Something wrong. This isn't right. So here's the deal: the Solar Winds hack does not start on December fourteenth. It actually goes back to December eighth, when FireEye disclosed the theft of their Red Team assessment tools. So FireEye is like the ultimate white hat white hat hacker research institution. It's 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 the it's the shiznizzle. Um, it is a publicly traded cybersecurity company headquartered in Milpitas, California, the valley. And it, it has been involved in detection of major cyber attacks for forever. It writes comprehensive reports. Um, it's just, it's the creme de la creme. They are the best. There are 3,400 people are, that are just good at what they do. Their tools were stolen on December 8th. Right? So FireEye has confirmed that the attack leveraged trojanized updates to they were using SolarWinds Orion IT monitoring and management software. Now there's actually different types of uh, SolarWinds um, uh, software. Um, Lots of places do use it, but like the Orion IT suite is actually the one that got compromised. So some of those tools were used um, to really initiate this attack, but here's the, Here's the crazy thing about this attack. So let me read a little bit here. So SolarWinds confirmed like on the 14th then that yeah, yeah, it's flagship product Orion, um, which is something used for network management, um, was basically served as an unwilling conduit for spawning international cyber espionage operations. Um, Apparently there was a malicious code inserted into an Orion software update. um, And I'll go into the details of that later. Um, and it affected like 18,000 customers, like the Treasury, the Commerce Department, hmm. um, DOD, DOE, um, you name it. Apparently, it's amazing. Like I read up on this company. This company went from zero in twenty in like 2014 or 2008, 2009 to like like a pretty large major player. It went public a couple years ago. It's based out of Austin, Texas. It's a big company. So, based on the executive summary from FireEye, which went, for lack of a term, balls deep into what went wrong, um, it's actually quite astonishing. So, the first thing from the executive summary it says is, so they discovered, like, in a, a global intrusion campaign. And, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of tracking all these actors. They discovered a supply chain attack uh, Trojanizing SolarWinds Orion business software updates in order to distribute malware called Sunburst. So, what a supply chain attack means is they somehow were able to get like their malicious code into <clears throat> into, into into an update stream. They basically stole the certificate. They hijacked the certificate because you, I guess, you sign code as you check it right. and compile it and, and distribute. So they they got right, into right. that. Well, So, the attacker's um, 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 post-compromise activity uh, leverages multiple techniques to evade detection and uh, obscure their activity. The campaign is widespread affecting public and private organizations. FireEye is releasing signatures to detect this threat. Because it's it's actually a pattern of behavior. It's not even – it's not like just a – it's a piece of code with some patterns of behavior. Because, see, the code was designed to sit dormant. And wait, check its network. Am I on a dev development network, or am I on a um, what is it um 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 production production network? And it, it 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 does this. Um, uh, FireEye is one of the top companies in the world when it comes to penetrating testing. They present and train every year at Black Hat, so they got compromised. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing.
0: Yeah, and, and and they got compromised unfortunately, you know, unfortunately using SolarWinds Orion, which was the vector of attack. And they did, and they did, they didn't detect it, but here's why they didn't detect it. So my guess is it's not the Russians. It's the Chinese. There's only four state actors in the world that are capable of this type of attack. And this means you had to inject malicious code into a, a, a software distri- a software distribution or basically a DLL before you compiled that to a DLL, you got in, in C sharp in a class and wrote this method. And this is actually what they did. They detailed in their paper. Like some, they, they went in and they wrote and you and they said like, here's the, here's the method. Here's the class where the method is that is unadulterated. And here's the class that was adulterated. And it's just, it's just one little method right there. It's, it's an, it's incredible. <laughs> right. And this thing sat back and let me give you the highlights of what this thing did. sunsolarwinds.orion.core.business.dll um is something is a digitally signed component of the Orion software framework that contains a backdoor that communicates via http http to a third party server. After your initial dormant period of up to 2 weeks, it retrieves and executes commands called jobs that include the ability to transfer files, execute files, profile the system that it's on, reboot the machine, disable the system. The malware masquerades its network traffic as Orion Improvement Program Protocol packets. Wow, that's... I know.
1: Pretty, that's pretty deep.
0: No, the backdoor uses multiple obfuscated block lists to identify forensics and antivirus tools. So it's looking for tools wow, wow. <laughs> right? this is, it, and this, is it, this is very very it gets, sophisticated it gets worse okay so the trojanized update file is a standard windows installer patch file that includes compress um resources associated with the update including um the Trojanized solarwinds um dll component once update is installed the malicious DLL will be loaded by a legitimate solarwinds.businesslayerhost.exe uh, or 64-bit.exe. That happened. Because it's this.
1: signed. It's signed. It's signed.
0: Properly. It's signed. So that's the, that's the yep. supply chain hijack. It's signed. Which means yep. someone legit. got to the source code and put in... Yep. And this is what I said. Someone got to the source code and put in that method. And like I'll bring it up here. In a, I'll, I won't bring it up, but I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of... I'll probably share my screen here for anyone's looking. So after a dormant period of up to two weeks, so it waits for two weeks, mm-hmm. the malware will attempt to resolve a subdomain. The DNS response will return C name record. That's pretty standard stuff, that points to a command and control domain. So it kind of cycles through this domain. It has an algorithm, kind of cycles through, and and eventually someone says, Yeah, I heard you. The C2 traffic to the malicious domain domains is designed to mimic normal SolarWinds API applications because it's HTTP. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing what this is. This does. I could go on for days and geek out for hours, but I read through this in the first. So like, here's the deal. Here's a, here's its unique capability. So the Layer DLL, is a solar wind science plugin, blah blah blah, we know that. It obfuscates its communications backdoor with http. It does these jobs things and it hides itself within there, but it also does this one thing. Subdomain generation algorithm is performed to vary DNS requests. So the command and control the domain changes every time. And which it, is
1: kind of a typical... that's kind of a typical Uh, malicious coding thing but usually that's done on within the context of the machine itself that's not done at a dns level which so everything you've described i mean i don't see from where i sit how this could not be a state actor
0: (laughs) there's only four state actors that can do it united states (laughs) israel russia china there's only four state actors that have this capability. Period. And you're on China, Point blank. and I'm I, I'm thinking it's China.
1: I I can't find an argument against
0: that. I I I I have, and just because everyone converged around it like right away, and I'm just like, dude, that's there's no there's nothing to be gained from a Russian state actor doing it, and. Based on our conversation earlier, where I went from yeah, this xenophobia is crazy" and stuff like that, to like "yo, I do not trust the CCP," to like "yo, the CCP has literally just reiterated why I don't trust them." That's what you right. do. Yeah. Particularly because of I their customer base.
1: I think you're right.
0: Yeah, dude. This, di- yeah, this is the hack of the century, in in the sense that like, someone got into um somehow. It got into the production code, so somehow in dev, someone was inside that company.
1: Oh, though d- they definitely had a mole.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. and, you, you and either get. they had a mole or, or whatever. I mean, apparently, I mean, if you go to the public GitHub page, so I, I mean, that's a, that's the kind of the downside about GitHub. Um, but then if you sign, if you you know you look for it, you digitally sign it. I mean, yeah, well, how, those, how do you? How do you? They do kept
1: this? their source. They did not keep their source on GitHub.
0: Yeah, I don't Did think they? so. I don't think so either, right? It's like, um, no I, I think, realistically, I think maybe maybe you could reverse engineer by looking at the no, API. But, yeah,
1: but, but, but to you, build it?
0: Yeah, and no, 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 No. to get it in there? I, I'm. No, I'm thinking still, even if, well, the GitHub thing is just something that everyone uses. I think it's just for API access. Um you can that abs- would make sense. Um, yeah, um but like but when that, it comes to that, like getting into the code, yeah, someone someone put it in there. Someone put it in there. <laughs> yeah. Someone on the inside. Most likely someone on the inside or someone with access whether to the they, inside.
1: Whether they did it knowingly or they were manipulated through, you know, social engineering, whatever. Yeah. It, it had to be. You you don't get to be the size that they are by just by not controlling that there's just no way
0: yeah no this is um and and this is thing i I, like it's funny right because now it's kind of this story just kind of swept sweeps away and you know and and like i mean the 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 also like they were using their http gets and posts and they were basically um hashing commands in the body and in the either the header or the body of the of the gets and posts and within that they would get they would get stuff information back in bits and pieces hashed so they were obscuring what they were asking for back and forth and they were sending commands because you know that's how modern apis work now most of them is their https
1: well that's that yeah
0: yeah they, yeah they're gets and posts
1: <laughs> right? that's it.
0: And, and so yeah it, it's just this is fascinating People's eyes kind of glaze over when I, uh, but I was like, dude, dude, this is, this, like, dude, like, this is bad. Also, it's fascinating. Um, well, and
1: from a, from a security standpoint, I mean, <laughs> note to uh, self, secure your damn network and monitor your damn traffic,
0: right? Yeah, and, and here's the deal. FireEye has released the signature on this and, and, the, and the behaviors of this and stuff. So now, hopefully, yeah you you gotta look in you gotta look in your and it, but it's hard, right? You're getting compiled dl you're getting compiled DLLs, and it was in the DLL,
1: right? If you if you trust your security outsourcing or your your IT outsourcing, at some point you got to draw that line. Like how how deep do I analyze this?
0: Yeah, right, right, like and yeah. Do I start analyzing the the basically this this kind of you know protocol traffic that happens for improvement? Or updates, or right. you know, or or telemetry is basically what it's called. How how, well, how closely am I looking at my application's telemetry back to a vendor?
1: You know, I'm I am I am happy that the information got out as clearly and as extensively as it did, and as soon as it
0: did. Right. I don't like um, the sensationalization of blaming Russia, but I do like the fact that it got out, and I do like the fact that there are consummate professionals out there who are looking at these things.
1: Yeah. And, and and in my company, the one that I work for, we did receive notices from a couple of our partners that they do use the affected software. This is what they did to prevent it and stuff, which, of course, made my CEO kind of freak out a little bit. But <laughs> it, <clears throat> it was easy enough to put him back at ease and say, OK, first of all, we do not use the eff- the impacted software, so we're not directly impacted by this vulnerability. We're okay. Right. Correct. Anyone who does notify us of it, we can analyze our interaction with them and see if we, by extension, are subject to any sort of vulnerability. Which, in these couple of cases, we are not. So, you know, the 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 ability to apply that peace of mind. Uh, quickly, knowledgeably, without guesswork, was very, very good. I'm very happy about that. Am I happy that, you know, maybe China um, got away with, you know, stealing DOJ secrets or whatever, or
0: or wherever (laughs) Uh, it was? Or Commerce Department secrets possibly, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not really
1: very happy about that, but... um, From a from a uh, private company standpoint, it, it was kind of a, a good eye opener for me.
0: Well, it, it definitely makes me a lot more like I respect now cloud um, security more, or at the very least, I now I see mm-hmm. it as an opportunity. Now I see it and stuff. So yeah, I've taken my downtime to like really learn. All like, right, let's learn these terminologies about the cloud, and like let's really right. understand where these vulnerabilities land. And mm-hmm. let's understand, you know, it, it, I felt kind of proud that I could actually look at the, I looked, you know, they put some source code up there and it's like, oh, look, that, well, hey, that doesn't look like that. Hey, that's a method that, hey, that, oh, yeah. And I could <laughs> like, I could follow it and I'm like, oh, crap, man.
1: I'll give you, a, I'll give you a quick applause. Good job.
0: Um, but <laughs> oh, but I just, I just, the only reason I nerded out on this is because I didn't, I didn't want to accept the the narrative of the actor that was responsible. Right. I just, I don't, right. I, I don't believe it. And, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of one of those things where I, you know, I just kind of went down that rabbit hole and stuff like that. Oh, by the way, so you remember, oh, another side note. You remember when we did the cryptocurrency minute? That was our thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember, it, you know, and I talked when we talked about at the time, Ripple, right? Yep. Ponzi scheme, scam. Ripple was all bullshit. Yep. Yep, they're going to, a lot of people are probably going to go to jail. So apparently it it was never really a thing. It was a it was a cryptocurrency chasing um a use case. And the SEC started dropping you know they don't have prosecutorial power, but they definitely started dropping like, you know, complaints like, "Yo, what are you doing with this stuff?" And dude, it's But I mean, in the meanwhile, um the thing that has been most extraordinary um, as we get, we're back into another Bitcoin uh, bear market. Yep. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, bull market. And so yep. to me, I'm just like, we're back, baby, we're back. <laughs> I am super. I was like, I, it, it took a while. Um, my cryptocurrency investment of seventy five dollars is now one hundred and ten dollars. So uh, I'm 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 kind of proud of myself. Wow yeah i know right my ethereum play it only took two three years
1: (laughs) cash that out and get your covid payment and go to vegas
0: get my covid payment and go to vegas and stuff like that definitely (laughs) so yes ladies and gentlemen we are back i was broke unemployed i was starting to slouch i was sleeping in the basement on my mama's new couch that's when i heard it all chance to skirt it all A money it's like my last over. girl I'm
1: Completely
0: got the top and got a power supply, $29,000 currently $29,000 I put the RAM in the ramp, slot Drive in the larger oh. bay <laughs> Topped it off two fans Like a charges game Price like the 30 I missed out I fear Crudely assemble a rig Like a BP engineer My friends and family Smiling, working Or make fun of me But I'ma make them Eat their words Because I'm gonna be A going billionaire Spending money like I don't care. Mining coin in my underwear. I'm gonna be a Bitcoin billionaire. Selecting software and, and reading, reading the notes. notes I'm picking out my favorite miners like a Penn State coach. Pick me a digital wallet for those holding all my amount. Who were smart enough to buy Bitcoin at 3K at its low after the mania of 19,000. I was
1: not one of those. He,
0: what who bought at 3k
1: i did not buy it at three thousand.
0: i i bought ethereum because it was cheaper at like when ethereum was 500 now ethereum's like 750 or something stupid like that which makes my yeah. 75 investment three years ago 115 120 i don't know i have to look at it right now so, but i think
1: john mcafee is still uh owes us he's not gonna TV he's not he's not gonna eat something.
0: his junk guys i think <laughs> I think I think we can hold our breath. We should stop holding our breath on that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it ain't going up that
0: fast. Yeah, I don't think it's going. And here's the deal: everyone's just like, "Oh, it could hit a million, guys!" If Bitcoin hits a million, there are bigger problems going on right now. There are bigger problems going on. Now, I'm just saying. I'm talking Bane yeah. in Batman. You know, you know, Dark Knight Rises, bro. It's 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 anarchy, <laughs> right? So you don't want. Bitcoin at a chaos. Enemies.
1: Let's say chaos. Yeah. yeah. Let's just An- say An- chaos, not, not anarchy. My
0: bad. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to have to. Hear Come it. on, man. Oh,
1: Let's be correct here. Oh, <laughs>
0: I don't really care about that. Um, uh, I, la- I-, I guess kind of lastly is the antitrust suits are coming. Um, yeah. uh, this is long time in coming, this- obviously.
1: They- I mean, bound to happen. Right. But. Yeah,
0: we yeah we we've been calling it for most of the year. Uh, they're going after Facebook. They're going after um Alphabet and other markets when it comes to collusion. Um, they're going, yeah. you know, they're going. I, I they they they're going to go after Amazon at some point. Um, I don't think they're going after Twitter because I think Twitter is not from a from a antitrust perspective. It's not big enough. They may yeah. be mad at Twitter. I think they they want to attack Twitter from the uh, Section Two Thirty. Perspective, and honestly, this is what happens tech when you coddle tech press that hates your hates your guts. You try to cater to the left who hates your guts because you're big, and you know perpetuating inequality and allowing disinformation on your platforms that's bullying, cyber bullying people and hurting people of color and all the all the other non woke social justice BS that they complain about. And then you lose everybody on the right because you're suppressing everyone on the right who's apparently spreading misinformation. And so now your left, your your ideological left and right flank are come are, are exposed. And congratulations, antitrust suits abound. And here's the deal: it's mm-hmm. a bipartisan affair. I don't, yep. I, Shattenfroy. I don't feel I don't feel sorry for him. I, I feel sorry no. for the fact that like we won't get innovation because here's what happened when the antitrust suit went against microsoft microsoft went into a dormancy for 10 years yep um couldn't do anything simply couldn't do anything and it didn't innovate for a decade for a decade a decade ladies and gentlemen which allowed aws to because there's no excuse why azure shouldn't be that's the second or top cloud provider none it's because they lost complete focus. Because they were fighting, they lost an entire decade by antitrust. Antitrust really didn't, you know, solve itself until like, like mid 2000s, and that 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 destroys everything. And by and by the time the antitrust suit even, by the time honestly Microsoft won the antitrust suit, they were already competitors. So it's like these antitrust suits don't don't do and do the thing to the market that you wanted to do, other than maybe disrupt. The top, you know, they the top slow, dog.
1: Yeah, they slow things down. They
0: slow, down. they slow the, they slow the top dog down and allow competitors. And some people say, "Oh, well, that's a positive thing." No, that's not a positive thing. That de- that destroyed shareholder value for a decade. Period. Microsoft should have been a trillion dollar evaluated company ten years ago. And this this, this is not going to solve anything. And if anything, um, the whatever decree comes out of this antitrust suit will be written by Alphabet, Facebook, and ultimately amazon
1: it'll be which is exactly it. what they want any anyway. regulatory
0: capture yep but you know but section 230 you know this will make them fair no it's a cultural thing man the section 230 has nothing mm-hmm. to do it's just a, it's just a rule it's the culture it's mm-hmm. the culture of these companies um and their uh, aversion to free speech which is causing the situation that we're in it's causing algorithmically them trying to um get rid of bullying um, you know, open things up and or, or expose people to real information as opposed to disinformation is literally polarized the entire populace, from Rohingya yeah. in, uh, um, um, in in Asia to uh, in, you know uh, to to us, like in, in in all aspects of them trying to social engineer. They have literally created the monster that will probably um, gird them in their loins or maybe kick them in the junk. I mean, you could come in a junk. I wouldn't say Garth. So <clears throat> this is it. This is the anti trust stuff that we, we've we been railing against for the better part of a year and a half, but we told you it was coming. Yep. Believe us. No doubt. Don't doubt me or, or <laughs> Gary.
1: <laughs> you can doubt me a little bit, but don't doubt Thaddeus.
0: Nah, man. I eat this stuff for breakfast and drink beers. <laughs> All right. So let's move to the predictions. What's happening next year, man? What do you think?
1: Oh, Next year? Yeah, next year, man. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if we were going to sit here and reflect on 2020 as the disaster that it was, but at the same time, look at what we predicted for 2020 as the disaster that would be, I'd say we Pretty much hit the nail on the head then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I'm hesitant at this point. And, you know, with uh, with all the shakeup that's going to happen politically and and culturally, and not to mention technologically, right? I don't know. I, I what do I see happening in 2021? I can tell you what I hope to see happening in 2021 is I hope uh, yeah, to see with that, more yeah. people. I, I hope to see more people kind of understanding that their position on the world and their um, knowledge of the the existence that their sadness is will broaden a little bit and, and understand there's a little more context that goes on in understanding where they are in their in their um, I don't know, their, their, their understanding of their existence. Right. Am I making any sense? I mean, you.
0: It, Some, I know, somewhat, this, it, somewhat meta. It sounds it's, like you, i You're being somewhat meta about it from a technological I standpoint, am. right? Like you hope people who are building these technological tools of the future have that type of inflection, right? They have that kind of. I hope so. I mean, in,
1: in the past, in the past year, we've seen absolute problems, right? With, with these AIs that go in and try to identify hate speech or whatever, you know, they have no context. They have no understanding of culture. They have no understanding of the people who are actually posting this stuff and the audience to which they are posting this stuff, you know, where they're just identifying it based on a strict set of words. You know, I've been banned from Facebook three times because I said four words in a row that, without context, makes me basically a KKK member or something stupid.
0: I mean, right? we all know you're a closet white supremacist living in Southern California. But um.
1: I did get my robes back last week from yeah. the cleaners finally. <laughs> yeah, <from> the, <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, uh, cr- cross burning shall so commence when the when the lockdown ends.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they did put in the extra starch. I'm very happy about. It. Oh man, I, I i hope that i from a technological standpoint i hope that they start in injecting that context into it i hope that you know ai evolves a little bit to be more relevant and more smart and in, instead of trying to shove people into these four or five different boxes yeah that um that we constantly get shoved into right mm-hmm. no i don't know if, if i were to ramble on for five minutes about what I think should happen and what I hope happens, that would be it.
0: Okay. I, I, I think to kind of summarize that, I mean, I hope there's a little bit more humility in the in the fact that they're building these types of tools and that they basically, you hope, that they maybe start to take into account like people who they don't necessarily ideologically agree with and maybe start to look at the fact that they are blind spots in their models and they're, and they're really there mental models of the world and that they subsequently maybe take that into account when they code up these technological tools um and not create technological terrors as a result um yeah that's or a good, that's a, that's a,
1: silence a, silence people unnecessarily because you know
0: honestly gary yeah i am I'm, I'm with you in the hope but let me um let me piss on lindy cornflakes real quick that shit ain't gonna happen Damn it. Um, it's it's going to get a lot darker before people actually start that inflection point. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, a couple of predictions, I guess, I can come off top. I think next year you, you're going to see maybe more platforms start to get some shine, particularly um, Library, that's com and the Odyssey team, that's Rumble, that's BitChute. I think you start to see those mature a little bit more. Um, you know, Parlor. I mean... I've been on Parlour a little bit. It's kind of junk to be blunt. Um,
1: I I can't make sense. of it, I I
0: can't really make sense of it. I think they need, they need to work on the UI real time, uh, real talk. Um, but no, I think you you I think you're going to see the proliferation of those types of platforms. I think you you're going to see the tech press obviously demonize those platforms because there are they will be platforms of um, radical opinion. Um, I think we get more COVID vaccines. Really, I want more COVID therapies. Um, I think we. F- I think if there's enough of a push, but here's and here's why I think there's enough of a push for all these things to happen. The orange menace is gone, and so people's TDS will decrease slightly. Um, and the useful innocents and idiots that precipitated like, the rabid rabid response to get rid of orange man um, are, are not really going to have a home. And I think we get back to innovating, at least. But I believe the, the exodus from the valley will continue. Um, I think there's no way in hell in the next couple of years that these AI practitioners who are indoctrinated in our, our, our cultural and or uh, educational institutions are going to understand the least bit of what your plea was. They're just not, they don't have, there's just, just just too much hubris there. But
1: we'll yeah. continue to
0: see advances yeah. in AI and machine learning. I think we move a lot closer to AGI. I think we see <laughs> a lot larger models. I think we see models that can do a lot more things than, than we're accompanied with. I think we see increased uh, increasing of the global infrastructure when it comes to information exchange, bigger data centers, more data centers. And I definitely, and my pet peeve, definitely it w- will be like, we will someone will figure out that you can combine AI and machine learning algorithms with alternate forms of computing the first being quantum computing and, and um, we we start to see fruition for, we, we start to see fruit from that but like from from the cultural standpoint the valley is sick from within and I think I hope this is my hope that as you get a more of an exodus out, Or as as the hiring practices for these larger companies starts to move out of the bubble, and they start actually hiring people that like live in the real world, have lived in the real world, have done real things, and like understand human beings, I think we might we might see, you know, an under a beginning of the understanding. But now, man, we got some dark days ahead. They're they're not going to do that. They don't. Too much hubris.
1: Well, like I said, you know, it's going to take time. It's. I think the recognition of context is really going to be the uh, the big hurdle,
0: right? I think we're going to call this a wrap. Hopefully, you guys have a happier New Year. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. Relish in the dumpster fire that is 2020 for at least the next couple of hours. And then wash it away. Make you some Hoppin' Johns. And just relax and think 2021 is going to be a little better. Not a lot better, but it'll be a little better. So just, just
1: be it'll be better. On
0: that. Any closing thoughts before we close for the year, Gary?
1: Nah, I'm just I'm 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 happy that we're still here. We're still doing this. Um, for those of you who have, uh, been impacted by the disease, and, or have lost anyone to it, or or related to it, or, you know, don't. Our our thoughts do go out with you and um, prayers. You have a couple of Yes, <laughs> I, sorry. I, I've got a couple of friends who were impacted pretty severely by it. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. We got to be safe. We got to be personally responsible as we alluded to earlier in the mm-hmm. show today. Um, you got to do the right thing. Yeah. So do it. Um, you start calling for governments to crack down on me. I'm a punch you in the throat, but, um, we we can we can take care of this at an individual level i think so merry christmas happy new year
0: (laughs) merry christmas happy new year and uh that has been it for thank you for your servers i've been your host that is preston he was gary guthrie and we're signing off